occupancy tax funds only for, quote, tourist-related purposes. And it then lists purposes that, back in 1987, were considered tourist-related, and including, and I'm quoting now, construction and maintenance of public facilities and buildings, garbage refuse and uh, solid waste collection and disposal, police protection, and emergency service. And the remaining 25% could be used for any lawful purpose. But in uh, 2004, the General Assembly amended the Currituck statute uh, in a number of significant ways. And the amended statute is set out in our appendix on pages 12 and 13. The amendment represents a sea change in the state's view of tourism and how these occupancy tax funds can be used by Currituck. Now, the old statute gave the county carte blanche to spend a quarter of the occupancy tax funds any way it wanted, as long as it was legal. And the other 75% could be spent on matters that were impacted by tourist use. In other words, if the tourists came to the county and used uh, a facility or used a service, the county could spend the tax funds to offset the impact of that use by the tourists. So the definition set out in 1980, uh, 1987 statute in Part E were broad, and they permitted the use of occupancy tax funds for police and other general public services. But the 2004 amendment made fundamental changes to the limiting the permitted use of those funds while making sure that all those funds were used for tourism only. In fact, I'll call the court's attention to the title of the amendment, an act to allow an increase in the Currituck County occupancy tax and to change the purposes for which that tax may be used. And I, I, I don't want to interrupt where you might be going, but why, assuming we, we take that title into consideration, and I, I, I know the case law that you've submitted on, on doing that, isn't a change in purpose demonstrated by this now inclusion of the beach nourishment um, funding? Why isn't that enough in a change of purpose to say, they weren't trying to get rid of what was available before, they're adding on to this and getting rid of the rest of the other lawful purposes. Well, I mean, it, it could have been the title, if it were meant to be that specific, to apply only to beach nourishment. It could have said that. But this is a rather broader discussion. And, I mean, read, I'm not encouraging the court to read the title in, in, in isolation. But when you look at the body of the statute and you see how much has been changed, then I think it becomes fairly straightforward argument to say that this was a broad change, not just simply beach nourishment. And some of the changes include, uh, for instance, it, it allowed the county, it gave something, them, uh, something they wanted, they could increase the uh, occupancy tax. But it's, what it did do, I think that's critical for us, is it limited the way those increased all those funds, the old ones plus the new ones, could be spent. Now, I'm going to get into the details of the amendment in a second, but an, under, an underlying question arises. Excuse me for a second. I seem to be a little dry. Thank you. Why did the amendment change the focus of the statute from tourists to tourism? Now, tourism is more than what happens in a particular county or a particular town. It's a statewide industry that the General Assembly cultivates. And I'll refer the court to the uh, amicus brief for the details of that. But this uh, But Justice Edmonds, that goes to a, uh, a maybe a, a broader question I have in this case, which is, you know, <laughs> to what extent are these, sim is this simply a policy dispute that, that you know, that our courts really shouldn't wade into in terms of, you know, who gets to decide what constitutes a tourism-related expenditure? Why, why is that not a policy question rather than a legal question? Well, in many ways it could be, Your Honor. I mean, the, the statute gives the, uh, the, the county commissioners a degree of judgment in how they spend these things. But the, stat the, the, the commissioners are obligated to follow the statute. 
and they haven't been doing it. This is not so much a question of, you know, judgment or is this expenditure permitted or, you know, uh, the hypotheticals we could all come up with. The statute was amended to take out specifically police protection, emergency protection, general public services, things that are available in every county, in every town. Those were taken out. And yet, the commissioners continue to spend their, the, the occupancy tax funds on those things. And, 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 and have been doing so, I, I gather, as you allege, essentially since the initiation of the, of the new legislation. Pretty much. Yeah. So, and, and the legislature has taken no steps since then to, to, to clarify exactly what these expenditures could be. What expenditures Shouldn't the could General be Assembly, oh, excuse me, I, no, no, no. hypothetically, of course. The question I would raise is, can't the General Assembly assume the county commissioners are going to obey the law? They don't have an enforcement arm. What they, they, they made the law, they changed the law in a very specific way, and I think they're entitled to assume that, they, um, that the, those who are affected by the law are going to obey it. What we have is, is, is county commissioners who have not. Instead, they have interpreted the amendment out of existence. I, I could understand if it w was, was phrased more in terms of increasing tourism, you know, bringing in new tourists to the area. But the way the statute is, it's broad tourism in general. So doesn't that include retention of tourists that come there, the return, the nostalgia of building and children to come 25 years later with their family? Um, and, and don't these things go to that? I'm thinking, you know, if there's garbage piled up on the street side because they only pick up garbage once a month versus once a week, you know, that might not be somewhere I want to take my kids back to as I drive along those roads. Might not be somewhere, if that was in my memories from 30 years ago, that I would want to come back to with my kids. So at what point does bringing in new tourists um, need to be the focus of these funds versus retaining tourism and enhancing the experience of those that are visiting already? That's because the, the, what you're I believe you're articulating, Your Honor, or I would interpret what you're articulating, is the impact test that was used in the past. What happens once the tourists get there? But the statute, the amended statute, both in E3 and in E4, now let me check just to make sure I get this right. E3 deals with promotion, and E4 deals with tourism-related expenditures, but both use very similar language in defining what they are. Promoting tourism and uh, travel and tourism is activities that attract tourists and business travelers to the area. While tourism-related expenditures in E4 is increasing the use of county facilities by attracting tourists and business travelers to the county. So the key is attracting them. Once they get there, they've got plenty of other taxes. They've got, you know, the sales tax, they've got the liquor tax. All those can take care of the people once they're there. But the purpose of this, this amendment, which is consistent with the whole notion of enhancing tourism in North Carolina, is to attract tourists. And what that does is it generates a, a virtuous cycle. Occupancy tax is used to attract tourists. Tourists bring in money. They spend it in a lot of ways. A certain amount of the money goes to occupancy tax funds. They're used to attract more tourists who bring in more money, who pay in more to, uh, occupancy tax funds as well as spending money for T-shirts and everything else and the meals. And so you get this cycle of increasing tourists who bring in more money, who increase tourists who bring in more money. That's the whole purpose of what this statute, why the, this, the statute was amended in 2004. That's why every penny of the occupancy tax funds, instead of allowing the commissioners to spend 25% of it any way they wanted, 
which was okay under the 1987 Act. In 2004, no, every, every bit of that money has to go to attracting tourists. And instead, what they've been using it for is general public services, police, fire, waterworks. Those don't attract tourists. So kind of pulling back and, and thinking about this case where it sits procedurally. I mean, this was summary judgment. Um, and just sort of thinking about our, our review of the case. Is it, is it your contention uh, that summary judgment was simply improper because there are questions of fact that, that still need to be resolved as to, as to maybe what constitutes tourism-related expenditures, whether those expenditures are in fact attracting uh, tourism or not, um, and, or, or is it your contention that summary judgment was proper for somebody in this case and it should have been, and, and it should have been your clients? Well, we, we, we certainly disagree with the trial court that summary judgment was appropriate in, in favor of the, the commissioners. We would, of course, be very happy if this court remanded for summary judgment in our favor. But I don't think I can disagree with the, the statement that there are issues that might be contested that, that might be appropriate for you know, a trial for a jury to hear. But one thing, it's, it's the, the, I think it's very clear, or I hate to use that word because it's so often overused, but I think it's fairly obvious that spending money for police and public uh, fire isn't going to attract tourists. And even though they argue that, well, we have this really spiffy police force that's really nice to tourists and that attracts people, they admit in their brief, I think it's on, excuse me for a second, yeah, on page 27, that they don't even advertise about their police department, their fire departments, because they don't want to send out a subliminal message that there might be a crime problem or some issue like that. So it's not, even though they're using these, these funds for police and saying that that attracts tourists, they don't advertise it. They don't, they don't call upon the police or, or their extra special police as a tourist attraction. Ask a question that's been kind of in the back of my mind in, in interpreting the statute under E4. It's not just about tourists, it's also or business travelers. So what's the difference between a business traveler and a tourist um, in, in these statutes or in this, these statutory schemes? I'm not sure that, that that may be buried somewhere in the amicus brief. My, I was thought about the same thing, Your Honor, and the best thing I could think of or the most logical thing I could think of was business, a, a, a business traveler who has a good time might go back and tell the, tell the boss something nice about Currituck County. But I think this, as you can see, there's, there's some clues in the language of the statute uh, that this is, uh, you know, that the amendment is a general statute that's meant to you know, it's, it's got general language that talks about a county instead of the county, so it can be applied anywhere. Now, as we know from the amicus brief, this version of the statute that the General Assembly passed isn't their ideal statute, but it's pretty close to it. So, I don't know, Judge Statting, you look like you're about to ask a question. I, I just, I just <laughs> want to know where you propose that we draw the line between a general public service and what would be tourism-related expenditures. A, tour, a general per, a general public use or purpose is something that can be found in any county. I drove here from Guilford County. I didn't pass anywhere that didn't have a police department, any town that didn't have a police department, any any county that didn't have a sheriff, any place that didn't have a, a fire department. That's clearly if that if that's if everybody gets that, it's not a tourist attraction. That's pretty much the line we suggest. And, you know, I, I, I would discourage the court from getting into the business of trying to draw lines. But what the county's done is it's funding services that were explicitly removed from the statute 
I think that's one thing. And the second thing is, the history of this case shows just how indifferent the county commissioners are to the statute. They're using, they're using occupancy tax funds to pay for the defense of this case. But one of the things I think we'll hear from, there aren't any tourists here. One of the things I think we'll hear from your, your, your colleague is that, is that maybe yes, while in one sense, the General Assembly did intend to uh, limit expenditures to tourism-related expenditures. But in another sense, broaden the discretion that the commissioners have to make those determinations. And rather than articulate specific individual sort of capital ex expenditures, that it sort of left it more to the discretion of the board. Yeah, I, th I think there's a straightforward answer to that, Your Honor, in the language of, of the statute. They do have judgment. We don't deny that. It's right there in E4. But it is limited to expenditures which attract tourists. That gives them the judgment, the, the ability to make decisions between shall we have a regatta, shall we have a music festival, shall we open a visitor center. All these things, I think, unquestionably attract tourists. But they're using it beyond the, the attraction test that set up, or requirement that's set out in the statute. They're using it for, for just about everything they can think of. They have treated that language, that judgment language, as sort of they, a way to rinse off anything they do. They, they say, well, there's some correlation or sounds reasonable to me. I mean, and this is from portions of their, their depositions that are cited in our brief and are included in, in our appendix. Should their um, independent interpretations of what they're doing at meetings be relevant to our consideration or is it what's being considered openly at the meetings, discussions of tourism, which I, I don't think necessarily exist with the minutes or at least the summary of what, what's going on here, that they're not talking about, oh, this is, we're going to give the police 50000 here um, at the county commissioner meeting because that's going to help tourism. It's just the general operation. And then at least in the minds of some of these uh, commissioners that were deposed, they're thinking that it's somewhat related to tourism, arguably. Um, what needs to be public in that to show that they're exercising their discretion versus well, just, that, that, I mean, that I, I could do something for a million different reasons, but if I don't say it, then, then no one really knows. So I'm actually exercising that discretion if we're doing it as a board and we're supposed to be talking and voting and, and considering. Uh, we don't deny that everything they've done has been done in open meetings. And we're, right. we're not suggesting anything to the contrary. But the summary is that they're not, during those open meetings, they're not saying 500,000 to EMS, law enforcement, fire department this year because that's gonna help tourism and another million to those departments because of general um, public safety concerns. They're not making any designation of that at all during these open meetings, correct? I don't believe so, Your Honor. My, my interpretation is that if they bring a matter, you know, a budgetary matter up, that they've already made some decision in their own minds about whether or not there is, in fact, the, the, the tourist-related aspect of the case. And, um, give me just one second. Let me look at some of this language that I think the appellee had given us. Um, on this abuse of discretion, that there's something about it being. Sorry, one. I'll come back to this question if somebody else has another one right now. I'll find that exact language I want. Okay. Sure. Let me okay, I'm sorry, here it is. Ah. You know, some evidence that this decision. Um, wasn't whimsical, indicates a lack of 
fair and careful consideration or any course of reasoning. If it's not, if it's just in the heads of the commissioners, how does that demonstrate that there's any course of reasoning relating this to tourism or careful consideration that this was related to tourism? So even if they could end up at the result they did, I think your argument is there's still a problem in that they didn't exercise this discretion properly or, or maybe fail to exercise this discretion at all if it wasn't part of their, their reasoning and they're just doing it for general funding. Yeah. Well, we're, we're not questioning the fact that they can use their judgment. What we're questioning, and I think if nothing else, we just look at what they did, that was that judgment exercised in the context of an activity that attracts tourists? And voting to spend that money to defend this case doesn't seem to fall in that category, no matter how you draw the line. Or spending money for a police and fire when the General Assembly explicitly removed that language from the statute and then denied the county's request to reinsert it back into the statute. I mean, I, uh, it seems to me fairly straightforward that when the, the language was taken out, that it meant that was a no longer a, 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 a particular, uh, an allowed purpose. Um, gosh, I sort of lost my train of thought for a second here. But the, I've lost it worse than ever now. <laughs> Does it matter if, if there's a tourist season and it puts an additional strain on certain services like police or fire? No, that's, that is the impact test that was removed. There are other taxes that can cover, you know, the increase that's needed. There's, as is set out, there's plenty of money from the sales. Well, I won't say there's plenty of money, but there's adequate money from the sales tax, from the liquor tax, from the other things. This is not an unprosperous county. So looking down the, uh, the potential road, I guess, to what, what, what's the judicial remedy that your, your clients are seeking from this case? I mean, is it, is it purely kind of a prospective, itemized list of things that can or cannot be counted as, as tourism-related expenditures? Are you seeking any retroactive relief? I mean, what's the, what's the remedy here? Well, Your Honor, I think, I mean, it's sort of hard to define exactly, but I thought I was thinking of a lot of the work I did in my, some of my earlier incarnations when I was both a prosecutor and a criminal defense lawyer. Lots of those cases revolved around police discretion. When is a stop and search justified? When is a, you know, when does, when is probable cause satisfied? I've never known, of course, a case where a court sat down and listed, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay. No, this is not, this is not. Instead, it's almost like common law. This is developed. Fortunately for you, for this court, the test is pretty easy. You can say without, I think, anybody blinking that using the money to pay for the, using occupancy tax money that's designed, that is specifically to be used to attract tourists, to pay for this case and to pay for forbidden uses such as police and fire, that falls outside any rational line. And I'd like to reserve the, unless the court has further questions, I'd like to reserve the rest of my time. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, Your Honor. Good morning, Your Honors. May it please the court, I'm Chris Geis, and I have the privilege of representing Currituck County in this uh, lawsuit. Your Honors, uh, the case, this case is about simply following the words of a statute and about the duty of the courts to defer to other branches of government when appropriate. There are two reasons why the court should affirm the trial court's grant of summary judgment in this case. First, the statute at issue in this case plainly gives the authority and the duty to the Currituck County Board of Commissioners to judge what expenditures bring in tourism to the county, and they have exercised their judgment for the, nearly the last 20 years. Second, because the commissioner's decisions have been reasonable and not arbitrary, capricious, or in bad faith, 
they have not abused their discretion as public officials to make these decisions, and the court should defer to them under the public official abuse of discretion standard. The first reason is the statute plainly gives the commissioners the authority to use their judgment. The statute, when it was originally enacted in 1987, allowed the county to spend 75% of its occupancy tax revenue for tourist-related purposes, including police protection and emergency services, and the rest could be used for any lawful purpose. When the statute was amended in 2004, the legislature required the county to spend the money on tourism-related expenditures. The statute requires the county to spend a portion of that money to promote travel and tourism and the rest for tourism-related expenditures, which could include beach nourishment. This is the directive part of the statute right here, Your Honor. Section E says... It's a little bit out of focus. I'm not sure if there's easy fix on your end. Can you see it better? I cannot, to be honest. Mr. McFarland, is there anything you can do to help him with the focus on that? Your Honor, I will, I will skip that. Section E says the use of tax revenue. Currituck County shall use the net proceeds of this tax levied under subsection A of this section only for tourism-related expenditures, including beach nourishment. Now, tourism-related expenditures has a specific definition in the statute. It means expenditures that, in the judgment of the Currituck County Board of Commissioners, are designed to increase the use of lodging facilities, etc., by attracting tourists or business travelers to the county. The key word there is judgment, and this is defined in subsection 4 of the statute. There is no meaningful difference between tourism, tourist-related and tourism-related expenditures. If tourist-related expenditures in 1987 included police protection and emergency services, as it did in the original statute, then it is reasonable that the county commissioners could believe or judge that tourism-related included the same thing in 2004 when the statute was amended. The key here, Your Honors, is that in 2004, the amendment stripped away the any lawful purpose language from the statute which was much broader and allowed the county to spend a portion of the revenue on just about anything. Under the 2004 amendment, the county could no longer use the revenue for anything, but it can use the revenue for things that the commissioners, in their judgment, believe attract tourists. Now, if you take the last two statutes, or sections of the statute that I described, and you incorporated them or blended them into one, you might have something that reads like this. Currituck County shall use the net proceeds of the tax levied under subsection A of this section only for expenditures that, in the judgment of the Currituck County Board of Commissioners, are designed to increase the use of lodging facilities, meeting facilities, recreational facilities, and convention facilities in the county by attracting tourists or business travelers to the county, and such expenditures include capital expenditures and beach nourishment. Or you could say something like this. Currituck County shall use the net proceeds of the tax levied under subsection A of this section only for tourism-related expenditures, which are expenditures that, in the judgment of the Currituck County Board of Commissioners, and I'll skip the rest of that, but expenditures that attract tourists. Now, in this case, Your Honors, the county commissioners believe that certain public safety expenditures are related to tourism. Their judgment is that you increase the use of lodging facilities and visitors and business travelers to the county but by providing a safe place to, for them to visit, and they will return and tell their friends to do so. The plaintiffs argue that the county is spending tourism money on general public services but all the expenditures at issue are related to tourism in this case. The county is not using the money for any lawful purpose, as the previous statute allowed, such as for paying, for example, social worker salaries, or for refurbishing the courthouse, or for school textbooks and more teachers, 
were to pay for school teacher salaries. Let me ask this, because this got me to kind of the, the thought process I had going, going through the briefs was when I was reading these things that you were saying clearly wouldn't be included, I can come up with justifiable reasons why those can promote tourism, and then I get to the reply brief, and, and they talk about that with social workers and things like that. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, all these things. You know, a, a better educated workforce goes a long way. Uh, so buying school books is related to that. So if all these things you're saying clearly would not be included, if there's a, a rational way to think about them the same, being included in the same way as these other services, then is there any line at all? Yes, Your Honor, there is a line. That is stretching the reasonableness test beyond its, its reasonable limits. And the court has to determine whether something is out of bounds. So the connection here is could a reasonable public official, objectively speaking, believe that increased law enforcement, increased fire protection, increased EMS services on Kerala, which is an isolated part of the county that you cannot get to unless you take a boat or go outside the county, so, whether those attract tourists. So, so when we talk about reasonableness, though, and remembering again, we're, we're at summary judgment. You know, typically, whether something is reasonable or not is, is a question of fact. So why, why, why was summary judgment appropriate in this case if, if ultimately the question comes down to was something reasonable or not? Well, Your Honor, that, that bleeds into the next argument I have, which is that the public official abuse of discretion uh, standard applies. Reasonableness is a question of law, for example, in many areas of law, such as, for instance, public official immunity or qualified immunity. Uh, in this case, this, this involves the interpretation of a statute. So whether the county commissioners are interpreting the statute correctly goes to whether or not their decisions are arbitrary, whimsical, or in bad faith, the opposite of that is reasonable. So the reasonable test does apply in this case. Now, let me explain to you, uh, Your Honors, why these things are related to tourists. The county is not using money for any lawful purpose, as I said. There is a direct connection between increased public safety and tourism. Some of the things that the plaintiffs don't like the county spending money on, like fire hydrants and water systems on Kerala, no less, are directly connected to the experience the tourists have when they visit a place. Even the plaintiffs admit in their briefs that if the county did not spend money on these things, it would probably attract fewer visitors. The absurdity of the plaintiff's argument can re be reduced to this example. The plaintiffs are okay with the county spending money from occupancy tax revenue on beach lifeguards, but not on EMS services. So if a swimmer is drowning in the ocean, there's a lifeguard there paid for with occupancy tax revenue to pull that swimmer from the ocean, but there's not an EMS crew or an ambulance to take that person to the hospital once they get on the beach. So what this is, is the plaintiffs dictating and sitting in judgment, dictating to the board, sitting in judgment of the county commissioners and telling them, sitting in their place and telling them how to do this, their job. And the, I will concede, the plaintiffs are perfectly capable of doing that. They are perfectly capable of exercising that role through elections. If they want to make these decisions, they can sit, at, sit on the board of commissioners. They can get elected to the board or they can vote in people who agree with their philosophy. The plaintiffs want to substitute their judgment or have the courts substitute its judgment for that of the elected board of commissioners. The legislature decided that the commissioners knew best. That's why I put the words judgment of the county board of commissioners in the statute. The commissioners represent the whole county, every part of it, and they have been unanimous in their decisions about how to spend that money. There is a remedy at the ballot box for citizens who do not like the way the commissioners are spending their tax money. Anyone who lives in the county can vote in those elections. Now, what does judgment mean? Well, it necessarily involves some use of discretion. And one presumes that there may be differences of opinion when judgment is, is exercised. But who is, the best, who is in the best position to exercise the judgment? The seven commissioners who represent the whole county? Or the 26 plaintiffs in this case who live on Kerala, where 1 of the county's population lives? The legislature believed that the commissioners were, and so they gave the commissioners that authority. 
Now, the issue of judgment is important because these are some of the expenses that the plaintiffs in their complaint have said should not have been made because in their view, they were not related to tourism. And these are in paragraphs 84 through 93 in the complaint, record pages 20 to 23. Number one, upgrading the county airport. Number two, turning the old jail, which is in Currituck and on the mainland, into a museum and tourist attraction. Number three, building a veterans park on the intra-coastal waterway. Number four, anything deemed historical, in quotes. Paragraph 92, that would include the historic Jarvisburg Colored School, which is on the National Register of Historic Places and which the county has used occupancy taxes to improve and attract visitors to. A reasonable public official could judge the above examples as tourism related. And the plaintiffs just disagree with the commissioners and how they, they have used their judgment, which gets to the next argument. No, the second argument, the commissioners have not abused their discretion as public officials. This court should defer to the commissioners because of that. Their actions have not been arbitrary, whimsical, or in bad faith. In other words, they have been reasonable. All of their spending decisions sh show that there is a direct relationship between the expenditures and tourism. Some people may disagree, but their decisions by objective measure are reasonable, and they are the ones who have been given that authority by the legislature. Where can you point me in the record beyond the depositions of the commissioners that these expenditures and how they relate to tourism were made with full consideration um, of the board of how these relate to the tourism prong of this. I think that, that's one of the issues I'm, I'm running into is if this is just in the individual commissioner's heads and it's not being said publicly, it's not being shown publicly, there's nothing to, to do it, at least there might be an issue of fact that there hasn't been um, full consideration is to be entitled to to this view under Burnt City of Reedsville after full consideration and in the best interest of the gov governmental entity for which they serve. Here, I, I think best interest would be tourism interest, um, but if there's nothing out there showing this consideration by the board, not the individual commissioners, the board in its actions while acting, how do we show that they were, were making that um, and are entitled to to discretion and this abuse of discretion standard. Your Honor, the record does reflect testimony from the commissioners that they have received reports from public officials, professionals as I believe one commissioner called them, sheriff, the EMS director, other professionals uh, about the need for this public safety spending on Kerala. The, um, the, uh, the commission- Reports to them individually, like in conversations or reports um, with these county entities or people coming before the county commissioners and reporting this? So there have been a numerous citizens, as you might imagine, who have complained about the spending by the county. And the county has not collectively as a board made a statement um, that uh, a la Lopez with the Commerce Clause, this, we believe that this is connected to tourism. There's a rational nexus here. But do they have to when they get professional reports from the, from the experts? when the chairman of the Board of Commissioners has lived on Kerala since 1996 and is in the tourism industry? Um, these are common sense things. Uh, one would is the, uh, is the payment of, of this litigation here, is that a common sense thing? Is that, uh, does that meet your reasonable standard? Your Honor, um, first of all, that was a misstatement um, by my opposing, my esteemed opposing counsel on the record that that money was appropriated but never spent. However, here is one reason why, by analogy, that money might be appropriate. Um, I was trying to think of this the other day. Uh, uh, the Constitution provides for, the United States Constitution, that is, provides for the, uh, the Congress to raise an army and navy to defend our, our country. And uh, there's nothing in there about providing service members and their families health care. But one would think that having a healthy force, having a healthy force with families who are healthy, would be an appropriate uh, adjacent thing uh, to keep our force healthy, keep our country safe. 
So therefore, the Congress, under that constitutional provision, can spend tax money to provide service members in their families' health care, uh, because a stronger uh, force helps defend our country. So that's the existential question here. The chairman of the Board of Commissioners testified that if this lawsuit were successful, the county could no longer spend the money in the way that it has been successful. And I might add that the legislature has not opposed. Um, so this would this authority would go away, and that's a reasonable use of, of defending um, that that right. Does that answer your question, Your Honor? Uh, the public official abuse of discretion standard, and going back to Judge Murphy, your question about whether there's a record, um, the Board of Commissioners has not specifically made a, a uh, finding of fact that it's connected to tourism, but the commissioners are elected by all the voters in the county, and the county seems, the voters seem pleased because the commissioners have been unanimous in their spending. Now, this is what the courts have said over the years about public official abuse of discretion. Courts will only get involved if public officials act capriciously or in bad faith or in disregard of the law. Our Supreme Court said that in Pew versus Hood in 1942. That case involved a person who sued, a corporation who sued and said uh, the, the, the state banking commissioner would not is issue me a certificate to allow me to open a bank. And the court said, that's the job of the state banking commissioner. He has some discretion and as long as he didn't act arbitrarily or capriciously, that's his duty. That's his and, job. And perhaps you can help refresh my recollection on this, but when a, when a board of county commissioners is operating in the, to, to set a budget, that kind of thing, it's, it's operating as a legislative function at that point. It's not a quasi-judicial hearing and function in, in the budgetary process where a board may be required to make findings of fact to support its conclusions. Is, is that, is that, that right? Is, that's correct, Your Honor. <clears throat> it's not like a zoning decision where it's quasi-judicial. Right, so, that, so really the only requirements are essentially a motion and action. There's, yeah. There's, yes, Your there's Honor. No, there's no need for, and presumably there were, I mean, public hearings on the budget and workshops and those sorts. Of yes, there are, Your Honor. Every year, um, there is no requirement in the statute that the commissioners issue such uh, uh, specific finding. Now, the Supreme Court in Burton versus City of Reedsville, as uh, Judge Murphy pointed out, in 1952 said, and this is very important: the acts of administrative or executive officers are not to be set at naught by recourse to the courts nor are courts charged with the duty or vested with the authority to supervise administrative and executive agencies of our government. A court may only determine whether a public official has acted capriciously or arbitrarily or in bad faith or in disregard of the law. We operate under the philosophy of the separation of powers and the courts were not created or vested with authority to act as supervisory agencies to control and direct the actions of executive administrative officers or officials. So long as officers act in good faith and in accord with the law, the courts are powerless to act, and rightly so. And this, this case law has been followed numerous times over the years by our courts. In, in 1986, the North Carolina Supreme Court said in Little versus Penn Ventilator, which is a workers' compensation case, that the court, as a reviewing court, only looks to, to see whether the, the decisions of the public officials are manifestly unsupported by reason or so arbitrary that they could not have been the result of a reasoned decision. In that case, the court also said that it, it does not substitute its judgment in place of the decision maker, which in this case is the County Board of Commissioners. It only makes sure that the decision was the product of reason. I submit that this is the court's job in this case to determine whether the county commissioners have made a decision based on reasonableness. And in 1997, the North Carolina Supreme Court said in Act of Triangle versus Commissioner of Health Services, which involved a suit to reverse a state agency's decision to ban anonymous HIV testing, that the arbitrary or capricious standard is a difficult one to meet and requires evidence of bad faith or lack of reasoning and judgment, none of which I submit is evidence in the record here. Now, a few things to keep in mind, Your Honors. There is a difference 
between tourism and tourist-related expenditures on the one hand and expenditures for any lawful purpose on the other. The latter is much more broad and was removed after 2004. But the 2004 statute does not specifically exclude any expenditures except those that are judged as not related to tourism. The original statute provided a list of examples of expenditures that were related to tourists and tourism, and they included police protection and emergency services. So it is reasonable to think that they are related to tourism. Nothing has changed that would change that. The 2004 law changed the purpose for which the county money could be used in several significant ways. First, it removed that any lawful purpose language. And second, it changed the funding formula from 75% tourism related and 25% for anything to 100% tourism related. And third, it required the county to spend one third of the money on promotion for tourism. The legislature could have specifically listed things it wanted the county to spend money on. But it's, instead, it said, no, we'll let the county commissioners decide that. They're in the best position to determine what relates to tourism. The legislature could have explicitly allowed certain expenditures or barred certain expenditures, but it did not. It could have said public safety spending is not included, but it did not. Now, the plaintiffs have offered a laundry list of things that the county could better spend money on but it's the job of the board to make that decision because it was given the authority by the legislature to use its judgment. The plaintiffs were not given that authority. The plaintiffs but, are trying but to- But that, that seems to cut against the notion that there is some limitation on, on the expenditures. It se seems to me that interpretation suggests that in fact, as long as they're is some rationale, some reason for an expenditure. Uh, the Board of Commissioners could, could appropriate funds for anything, well, as, as long as they sort of make that determination that, that this is reasonably related to the tourism-related activities. That goes to the reasonableness test, Your Honor, and that's the Board's job. Now, one thing, the plaintiffs filed a reply brief and one, one thing that was absent in the 16 pages of their reply brief is the word judgment as quoted from the statute. The word judgment appears only twice in their reply brief. It appears once at the end where they ask that the judgment of the trial court be reversed, and it appears one other time. That is a big omission. They, that, is, that word, that phrase is an inconvenient truth, truth for the plaintiffs. They want it to go away. They pretend it doesn't exist. So, Whose judgment in this case matters? The Board of Commissioners. Is it, is it up to the court to determine whether the Board has exercised um, judgment outside reasonable limits? Yes, the court has that authority. But in their reply, the plaintiffs take issue with the reasonable test. They say it doesn't exist in the statute. Well, the opposite of public, abuse, public official abuse of discretion, whimsical, arbitrary, bad faith, is reasonableness. So there is a reasonableness test here. The legislature laid out a broad field for the court or for the commissioners to act on and play on, Your Honor. Um, and it's the court's determination to determine whether something is out of bounds. But are police protection and fire services out of bounds when the old statute specifically said they were related to tourism? A reasonable official could think they are in bounds. The other uh, example, uh, the other example that was brought out early in the plaintiff's brief, fire hydrants and, and, and drinking water. Does any tourist want to go to a community that doesn't have safe drinking water? No. Does any tourist want to go to a place, an isolated place that is, as I mentioned, where you can't put out a fire because there's no fire hydrant? No. The county's population doubles in the summertime just because of tourists. The county needs to keep those people coming in so it provides certain services. The plaintiff's hypothetical examples missed the mark because they, they've stretched them beyond any reasonableness. There is some connection between public safety and tourism. There is no real connection between social worker salaries or school children's textbooks and tourism. Now, the county is not required to have an EMS service by law, but would tourists visit if the county did not have an EMS service? 
The plaintiffs also write in their reply brief that we have invented a straw man in arguing that the plaintiffs object to spending tourist revenue outside Kerala. That's on page 8, note 3 of their brief. But there is no straw man because that comes directly from the plaintiff's complaint, in which they claim that spending on the airport, which is on the mainland, was improper because it was not connected to tourism, and claim that spending for the old jail museum on Currituck and the Veterans Park along the intracoastal waterway are not connected to tourism and therefore improper. That's again in, in the complaint. The legislature knew or knows how to limit spending in a statute, and in 2004, it said the county could use its money for tourism-related expenditures. It wanted a certain amount of money spent on promotions. It wanted to take away the broad authority, the, any, any lawful purpose language, which allows the county to spend on anything that is legal. That doesn't exist anymore, and the county's not spending on those things. It's spending on certain targeted public safety expenditures that it believes bring tourists back because it's a, it creates a safe place for them to go. The idea, and Your Honor, the idea that, Your Honor, is the idea that the legislature does not know how the county of, is spending money is not only speculative, but frankly, preposterous. Uh, this lawsuit has been well covered in the press. In the newspapers, one would presume, are read by the legislators who represent the districts. Uh, it is presumed that the plaintiffs who have been in vigorous contact with the county commissioners about their spending decisions have been in contact with their legislators about how the county is spending money. And if all the tourism groups in the state uh, and their lobbying, uh, the lobbying groups for tourism, which do a great job, if they are aware of how the county is spending money, you can guarantee that the, they have made the legislature aware of how the county is spending money. And yet the statute has remained unchanged for nearly 20 years. So you only got a couple minutes left, so I'll, I'll spare the discussion of uh, sort of the philosophical discussion of legislative history versus statutory history and how much we should consider. But, but answer this one point, and that is uh, what should we do with, with the fact that the commissioners did go back to the legislature uh, and ask them to, to reinsert the, uh, the prior language, sort of the, inc the inclusive, the including language? Well, Your Honor, that question goes to um, what the commissioners asked for, and which was a return to the old statute. Because number one, as the chairman testified, the commissioners were having trouble finding ways to spend $4 million in promotions money, which they're re basically required to do because the county brings in about $12 million a year in this money, in this revenue. Uh, number two, the county wanted to spend 25% on every other thing. But it's not doing that now. It's not spending 25% on schools, social workers, increasing the county manager's salary, refurbishing the courthouse. It's spending only money that's connected to tourism in a reasonable, rational way. So one thing you may want to consider is the legislature's failure to change the law may be based on this. It believed the county already had the authority to spend the money on the things it's spending the money on, public safety spending, for example. It did not want the county to spend things on, spend on things like school construction and other lawful purpose language uh, or items. And third, uh, it wanted part of the revenue spent on promotions. It wanted to leave that in there, and it did. So that's why the legislature chose not to change the law. Now, the plaintiffs take issue with the chairman of the Board of Commissioners affidavit, uh, Mr. Bob White, who testified uh, about the, this change and they say that he was not competent to testify about this. Well, he testified in his affidavit that he was familiar with the discussions about changing the law. That's uncontradicted in the record. Further, uh, Mr. White has been on the board. He is the highest elected official in the county. He's been in the tourism industry since 1996. He previously served on the Tourism Development Authority. He is competent because he said so. He is competent to testify as to the change. The statute defines uh, tourism-related expenditures, Your Honors, and that definition says it's up to the judgment of the commissioners. The statute is simple, and the duties of the uh, court in this case are clear. And Your Honors, I see I've run out of time. May I finish? Yeah, sure. Thank you. The statute gives the duty and authority of the county commissioners to use their judgment, and they have done so. The commissioners have not abused their discretionary authority. For these reasons, we respectfully request that the judgment of the trial court be affirmed. Thank you very much.
Thank you, sir. Thank you. Michelle? Good morning, Your Honors. May it please the Court, Troy Shelton for the appellants on rebuttal. I want to focus uh, on the importance of the 2004 amendment and what it changed for Currituck County. The amendment changed from tourist-related purposes to tourism-related expenditures. The title of the amendment says that this is a real change, that this isn't just semantics. The amendment defined those with a new statutory definition in terms of a new purpose, attracting tourists by continuing to increase occupancy tax revenue. A tourism-related expenditure is one that attracts tourists by increasing the amount of occupancy tax dollars. The idea here is to create a positive feedback loop. The county will invest occupancy tax dollars to generate even more occupancy tax dollars. Something that does that is a tourism-related expenditure. Things that don't do that are things like general public services. Installing fire hydrants uh, does not fit into that positive feedback loop. These are the examples that the legislature listed in the original act, but deleted from the 2004 amendment. It makes very little sense for the legislature to delete these examples, but include other examples like beach nourishment if they continue to be authorized expenditures. And the county can't explain why a rational legislature would do that. There ultimately must be a difference between uh, these terms, tourist related and tourism related, because the latter phrase has this special statutory definition but there is no statutory definition anywhere in the 1987 Act. I also note, uh, 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 Judge Murphy, um, for your question earlier about you know, spending on, on trash services um, and questions to my friend on the other side about where, you know, can't we justify anything? I think that what we've heard today is that you really can justify anything um, with this kind of logic. The General Assembly never imagined, for example, occupancy tax dollars being spent on homeless shelters or public health, but uh, what if there's a homeless problem? Or uh, you know, given a, an opioid epidemic, what if there's a health crisis? Uh, but but that those aren't tourism attractions. Those don't attract tourists spending on those things. Uh, once you accept the tourist offset theory, you begin engaging in a if you give a moose a muffin kind of logic. And once you once you get to that point, you can justify absolutely anything under the county's theory. Now. Uh, the county says that uh, we need to defer to its judgment, but for the county, the only word in the statute that you should look at is the word judgment. But judgment uh, is the beginning of, this, of uh, the definition of the statutory term. It's not the end. Uh, if, if, if what the county really wanted, if what, what they're asking for today was really the law, the General Assembly would have just said, spend on whatever you want. Go use your judgment and spend on whatever you think would be appropriate for the county and to address its tourism needs. That's absolutely not the statute uh, that was written. Uh, Judge Hampson, your question earlier was about what's the remedy in this case? Uh, and I, you know, I, I understand, you know, looking back, you know, at the end of the case to help understand the beginning of the case, um, you know, of course that question is not exactly before uh, the court, uh, but I do, I agree that's important. Um, we are looking for retroactive relief. We do believe that misused funds should be uh, returned um, to the Tourism Development Authority. We understand that's a high bar, but we are also looking for perspective relief. We're not saying go spend your money on this or that. We're saying you can't, please order that the county not spend money on general public services. So it's essentially like a prohibitory injunction, which is really the core of the relief that we're seeking. Uh, we're especially looking uh, for that uh, because of the problem of the commingling of funds, which I know we haven't discussed today, but was addressed in our opening of brief, not addressed in the Appellee's brief. Um, there's essentially no way without some kind of forensic accounting to understand where the tourism dollars are being spent because the commissioners, you know, it, it's designed so that there should be a single account, the Tourism Development Authority's account. The money comes into that account and the money goes out of that account. So you can know what it's being spent on. That's not what happens. The commissioners who sit as essentially the body of the TDA shuffle all the money to the general funds and then the money just gets dissipated and no one can track it. Is it your position that the co-mingling itself satisfies your client's burden of production, at least as to either abusing discretion or not exercising discretion to begin with? Yes, Your Honor. I, I think it, it I, frankly, I think it's a, a violation of the statute itself because the statute says that the, I see that I'm out of time, but I mean, Go ahead. continue. 
Um, the statute says that the TDA is to spend the money on the tourism-related expenditures, not the county commissioners. That's not what happens uh, in Currituck County. All right, I'll give you about 20 seconds to wrap up. Just saying, do you have any other questions? Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, to conclude, uh, we'd ask that the trial court's order for summary judgment be reversed uh, with instructions that summary judgment on liability be entered in our favor. And we ask that the case be remanded uh, for a determination of the appropriate remedy for the county's violations of the act. Thank you, Your Honors. Thank you all for your arguments. Um, we'll stand at ease for about five or ten minutes. Um, the next case we'll hear will be Miller versus United Property and Casualty.